podcast on the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com. Please listen carefully. Salutations, toppers, and welcome to episode 102 of the Turn of Phrases podcast. I thank you for giving me some of your time today, and I hope this episode finds you well. I have a big announcement to make, toppers. I have joined the Podfix Network, which is a group of fantastic shows. You'll be able to find a link to the network website in the show notes from now on. Check it out to find yourself some new favorite shows. Okay, so what are we talking about today? Well, a while back, Moxie from Your Brain on Facts asked me why doornails were the benchmark of deadness. I decided to do a benchmark of episode and explore that saying and other similar similes. However, as I was trying to decide which ones I wanted to do, I couldn't pick just a few. So, June is going to be what I'm calling the Simile Series. We'll kick it off with Moxie's suggestion, so without further ado, let's get into today's phrases, origins, history, and more. So, dead as a doornail means to be dead, finished, or unusable. As for the when, this one seems to get its start at the beginning of the 13th century. Around the year 1200, a French romance poem titled Guillaume de Palerne was written. No one seems to know exactly who wrote it, but it's believed that it was commissioned by Countess Yolande from Flanders. The poem, being in French, doesn't technically have the line dead as a doornail in it, but it was translated to English in 1350. This was done by William Langland, the English poet best known for writing Piers Plowman. We've talked about him and his poem a couple times before, and while he does use the saying later in Piers Plowman, his first usage of it was the 1350 translation of Guillaume de Palerne. He included this line, quote, For but it have boat of me bail, I am dead as doornail. End quote. Then, later in Piers Plowman, which was written sometime between 1370 and 1390, he used this line, quote, Fay withouten fate is fabelor pinot, and dead as a doornail, end quote. In modern-day English, this means faith without works is feebler than nothing, and dead as a doornail. From there, it became a popular saying, being used in literature by bigwigs like William Shakespeare and Charles Dickens. In fact, Dickens himself seemed to wonder why a doornail was the benchmark of being dead. In A Christmas Carol, which he published in 1843, he wrote this passage, quote, Old Marley was as dead as a doornail. Mind, I don't mean to say that, of my own knowledge, what there is particularly dead about a doornail. 
I might have been inclined myself to regard a coffin nail as the deadest piece of ironmongery in the trade. But the wisdom of our ancestors is in the simile, and my unhallowed hands shall not disturb it, or the country's done for. You will therefore permit me to repeat emphatically that Marley was as dead as a doornail. End quote. So now let's answer the question that both Dickens and Moxie put forth. Why do we say as dead as a doornail? Doornails were used in old-timey times to, well, nail doors. Generally, they would be nailed through the wood, and then the excess protruding out was hammered back down into the wood, in a process called clinching. Some people also called this process dead nailing, as once this took place, the nail was dead because it was unable to be pulled out of the wood to be reused. So because of how a doornail is secured, it pretty much is a one-time-use nail, and becomes dead upon its usage. That's really all there is to it. The saying just comes from how a doornail is used. So now, let's get fit. To be as fit as a fiddle means extremely fit or in great health. In the 14th century, fiddles became popular instruments, especially among street musicians. This was mainly due to the fact that they were easy to carry around. Since their livelihood and well-being depended on their ability to play well, these musicians needed their instruments to be in good shape or fit. There's a lot of maintenance required to keep a fiddle fit, such as replacing strings, keeping the pegs tight, and tuning. And it takes great skill to play a fiddle as well. Now, fit did not always mean healthy. It used to mean convenient or right and proper. Knowing that, the proper care and practice needed to have and play a fiddle translates to the saying. Both your fiddle and your skill had to be proper or fit. The simile likely came into use around the late 16th century, as it's thought to have been coined by Thomas Nash, an English pamphleteer, poet, and playwright. Even if he didn't come up with the saying, he is thought to have first written it down, or at least a version of it. In 1596, he published a pamphlet titled Have With You to Saffron Walden, or Gabriel Harvey's Hunt is Up. In it, he included, quote, as right as a fiddle, end quote. Two years later, in 1598, the English playwright William Houghton wrote the play Englishman for My Money, a pleasant comedy called A Woman Will Have Her Will. He included the simile as fit as a fiddle in this play. So, thanks to a couple of writers, the idea of properly tuned and well-played instruments became a way to say healthy. Now, let's be bold. As bold as brass means extremely bold or blatant. People have been comparing boldness to brass since at least the early 17th century, as we can find it in a 1608 English Catholic pamphlet written to criticize Jesuits. It read, quote, Yet here the lying impudent Jesuit telleth verses boldly without blushing, for his face is of brass. End quote. As for the exact saying, as bold as brass, some people say that it's associated with a man named Brass Crosby. He was the Lord Mayor of London in the 1770s, 
and he went against the House of Parliament by supporting pamphlets that revealed some proceedings of Parliament. In other words, Brass was bold. He was sentenced to execution for his actions, but the public supported him so much that they were able to get him released. In 1789, a book called Life's Painter of Variegated Characters in Public and Private Life was written by George Parker, a man I couldn't find out anything about except that he wrote this book in 1789. It included, quote, He died damned hard and as bold as brass. End quote. Some people say that this is in reference to Brass Crosby, and some say it's unrelated. Either way, Parker did say that bold as brass was, quote, commonly used among the vulgar upon returning from an execution, end quote. Since Brass Crosby was not executed, maybe this wasn't really about him. But whether it was or not, it's still considered to be the first use in print. One other theory for the idea behind this saying is that brass shines in a similar way to gold, but is not worth as much so people who think they're better than they really are are acting as bold as brass. Now let's wrap up with a quick little turn of phrases tidbit. As fast as greased lightning means really fast. Lightning by itself has been associated with high speed since at least the 17th century. We know this because of a 1676 devotional titled A Companion to the Temple, written by Thomas Comber, an English linguist. He wrote, quote, Now if the attendants be bright as the sun, quick as lightning, and powerful as thunder, what is he that is their lord? End quote. Greased wasn't added as an intensifier for a couple of centuries. In December of 1832, a newspaper from London called The Courier included, quote, Now get into a straight line as quick as greased lightning. End quote. One source did say that this was reprinted from an earlier article in the United States Norfolk Herald, but I was unable to track down an original article. With that, let's hear today's familiar quotation. Topper's today's familiar quotation is from Solomon Ibn Gabriel. This quotation is full of similes. Quote, There are three types of friends. Those like food with which you can't live. Those like medicine with which you need occasionally. And those like an illness which you never want. End quote. Thank you, Mr. Abin Gabriel, for giving us today's familiar quotation. All right, toppers, it's time for today's For Better or For Words, love advice from old-timey times. Remember that this advice is over a hundred years old, and I'm sharing it for entertainment purposes only. Now, let's hear from the ladies first. Don't go to sleep feeling cross with your husband. If he has annoyed you during the evening, forgive him and close your eyes at peace with him. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath is a very good motto. And now for the men. Don't expect your wife to do all the cheering up while you do all the giving way when things go wrong. 
share, and share alike. All right, toppers, that's going to do it for episode 102. Thank you for lending me your ears today to turn some phrases. As I always do, I hope you enjoyed the episode and that you learned something along the way. Check out my website, turnofphrases.com, to find out information about the show's social media, for details about the music I use in the show, and much more. If you had a good time listening, please consider subscribing or leaving a rating and review. Also, if you know someone who'd enjoy the show, please tell them about it to help spread the word. Don't forget to check out the other awesome shows on the Podfix Network. Thanks again for listening to the Turn of Phrases podcast, researched, written, hosted, and produced by me, Frisky. Until next time, toppers, may you always be as fit as a fiddle. Toodaloo! And now... This is... Let me rephrase. His first huge... Use... Why do we say dead... No. Life's painter of... Uh... What? This was a podcast from the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com.